Let's talk about the Mechabad on the ninth day of Shabbat in the year Tavshin Lamed. Um, you know, a lot of times we talk about events and that we commemorate and we celebrate, but we talk to that we talk about them as distant events, you know, from a long time ago. But this event I experienced. I was there and I experienced it, you know, as we were discussing, it's very hard to describe the feelings, the way we felt at the time and uh, towards the Rebbe, our excitement, our enthusiasm, our being privileged. We felt the luckiest people on earth to be connected, you know, with the Rebbe, to hear the Rebbe's teaching, to be in the Rebbe's presence. And it meant everything to us. And as we were talking about the the way we would even find out a lot of times when there was a surprise get-together, the Rebbe would for bring, there was these beepers and the phone calls and the and then the hookups and the cables and the all the different kinds of, of communications, not to miss even one word or one minute of the Rebbe's presence and how everybody would be running in the street as we found out about the Rebbe talking and we didn't know about it. We were in yeshiva and, you know, I, I was at uh, this time when this took place in Tez Shvat, Tovshin Lamed. Uh, that's the ninth day of Shvat in seven... 5,730. This is December 14, 1969. Very I was 13 years old at the time. Okay, gives away my age. Okay, so I was 13 years old. I was 13 years old at the time. And I actually was fully engaged. Matter of fact, uh, it's hard, it's impossible to really describe. But I have my brother who's two years older than myself our yeshiva where we learned was just about a block away, a uh, block and a half, uh, half a block away, a block from our home where we lived. And you know, for lunch, sometimes, you know, we'd go home. And then afterwards, so I'd walk with my brother together. Now, my brother, Baruch Hashem, he lived and be well, and he's a, but he's a, a very serious and he's a very, um, uh, God-fearing and he davens every day, he still does that, you know, after so many years. He's two years older than me. But he was also very serious as a student. I was a little bit more, you know, on the uh, uh, side of, you know, running around a little bit. I wasn't that. No, I was a pretty good student also, not to knock myself, but I wasn't as serious as him. And then I remember on this particular date, and this was, uh, we said, in 1969, uh, on the day before, this ninth of Shvat, I was walking with my brother to, to the yeshiva at the time, and my brother says to me, you know, they called me Yiddish, they called me Hirschel. He says, Hirschel, I want to tell you, now is the time. He says, do teshuva. He says, repent. <laughs> he says, because Mashiach is coming, he said. That's, you know, that was, he says. And I, you know, being the skeptic, I said to him, you know, to confess, I said, and what happens if he doesn't come? I said, you know, I mean, we're better. No, no, he says, there's no question that for sure. But I said to him at the time, I said, but if I'm going to be so sure, and if it doesn't come, then I'll be very disappointed. He says, no, 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 don't worry about that. And, you know, he gave me a whole big explanation. But whatever the case was, we were on a, a very high level, just to, I'm saying the story just to say. Because what happened was, on that day, on the next, on the 10th of Shabbat, which was one day later, was the 20th, your site 
of the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe's passing. He passed away in 1950. Okay? And this is going to be 20 years later. Now, 1970, uh, I'm not sure, it probably was the end, probably this was, uh, did you say 1969? This must have been in 1970 then. Doesn't really, beginning, which which date was it? You said it was the following year, would have been the 20th anniversary. No, that, okay, that was... Said, uh, well, you know uh, what it is, it 20, was 5730, but in the English, it was December. December, but that year almost just been, about, yeah, yeah, that's right, exactly, right. yeah. So it was just right so going in, yeah. In fifty, yeah. It was, it was right. Okay, it was the end of December, so it was nineteen. Okay, but it was twenty years later, and um, actually, what the Rebbe would do uh, every year for the twenty years, there was a discourse, a mimer that the previous Rebbe has published to actually commemorate his grandmother who passed away on the tenth day of Shabbat. And that had 20 chapters in it. And every year after the passing of the previous Rebbe, the Rebbe would explain one chapter. And actually all the chapters finished. And the Rebbe always considered the previous Rebbe continuously being, continuously being the Rebbe. So he published it. The Rebbe would explain that. And basically the Rebbe finished explaining it. The Rebbe actually in one of the talks that the Rebbe gave, we talk about the leader of Shimshin, Hagiber, you know, you ever heard Sam sign the Samson, the the, the the mighty, the strong. Right. So it says in one place in the this is the Rebbe was speaking about it also during that time. Uh, in one place it says that Samson the strong ruled the Jewish people for twenty years. Then in another place it says that he ruled for forty years. So is twenty and forty. How does it come to twenty and forty? So it explains, our sages explain what it means is that even 20 years after his passing, his leadership was still as current as it's considered that he was leader for the 20 years. And the buildup was that for 20 years, the Rebbe's leadership is still here and now Mashiach has to come. And that was the, that was sort of the, the buildup. But in any event, there was a, uh, a Torah that was completed on this day, on the 9th of Shvat, in that year, in the year of Tavshin Lamed. There was a Torah that was good. Now, in the year, uh, in 1942, and we went through that in the earlier, during the Yom um, uh, uh, the, uh, the Rebbe announced that he has in mind to write a Torah and with that Torah, they were going to go to greet Mashiach. So it was a special Torah, which is going to be done to greet Mashiach with that Torah. And uh, that was during Simchas Torah, and the, during that time that he announced that. And they actually began to write it that year in Tovshin Beis, on the second day of Iyar, they began to write it at that time. However, for various different reasons, they never completed that Torah. The Torah remained, they started it. So they started it in 1942, and they never, uh, they never finished it. So, whatever, you know, but this was now, as it was coming up to 20 years after the previous Rebbe, uh, the Rebbe announced uh, that he will, uh, this was on the third day of Shvat that year, Shvat 3, the Rebbe announced 
that he is going to complete writing the Sefer Torah in the next few days. And the Rebbe said, and this is quoting the Rebbe in that time, he says, we, it was important that we finish to write the Torah that my father-in-law, the Rebbe, the Rebbe used to refer to my father-in-law, the Rebbe. That's the way the Rebbe used to refer to his father-in-law. He says, my father-in-law, the Rebbe, began to write, should be within the period of 20 years of his passing, as it's brought down in the Jerusalem Talmud that I quoted before, with regards to Samson, that in one verse it says that he was a ruled for 40 years, and another one it says he ruled for 20 years, and that teaches us that the Pelishtim, those were the people that he beat, that were warring against the Jewish people, they were afraid for him for 20 years after his death, just as they were afraid for 20 years during his lifetime, it says. And therefore, so the Rebbe says that they're going to have the seum, the completion of the Torah reading, after midday on, uh, which is as close to the 10th of Shabbat as possible, which came out on Shabbos, just as the year when the previous Rebbe passed away, he passed away, was on the Shabbos. So this has to be on Friday, it has to take place Friday afternoon, because Friday afternoon is almost Shabbos. But of course you can't do it on Shabbos, so we're going to do it Friday afternoon. So, and this was so unusual for the Rebbe to make a get-together. Every Shabbos, everybody's busy preparing for Shabbos. Rebbe made a fabrengen, made a gathering together. And everybody, and there's a lot of pictures over there. Now, this is somewhat that took place over there at the time that uh, there was lots of speculation. You know, I mean, people were anticipating, you know, tremendous things, finishing the Sefer Torah, to greet Mashiach. You know, this was a charge, as you can imagine, a time that, you know, it was just... Amazing, and that time, uh, after the, was the, uh, they, they completed writing the Torah, what happened was the way it worked is, first of all, remember this is already a very short Friday, because we're talking about in the middle of winter, it's a very short Friday, so 2.30 in the afternoon is, is just an hour and a half, two hours away from Shabbos, I'm not sure exactly, but it's very short, very short before Shabbos. So 2.30, uh, Rebbe Leo Simpson, he was the... Um, uh, one of the attendants by the Friedrich Rebbe, Choyzer, uh, and he was one of the elder Hasidim, he was seen carrying the Sefer Torah. Also, my sister married his grandson, so that's also family, family relation over there. So he was carrying the Sefer Torah, and the Rebbe was walking behind him. He was walk, carrying the Torah. The Rebbe was walking behind him, and the Rebbe had a box. Now, nobody knew what's in that box. And people were speculating, what's in that box? People had all kinds of silly ideas. You know, what does the Rebbe have in the box? Some people even thought that there's a strimal in there. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just giving you over some yeah, yeah. of the silly... Uh, but nobody, nobody knew. It was like top secret. I mean, at least, I'm not sure. But to me, as a student, we didn't know. The Rebbe's carrying a box. He never carried a box. Never, never carried a box. There's a big box that he's carrying. So... Afterwards, so what happens? Uh, the Rebbe sat down at his place, and you asked before, the Rebbe would have the big uh, table, a huge table running across where he would sit at, and then there were lines and lines in front of him, and all, all around, platforms erected, you know, for the people to stand on, one on top of, one on top of the other, all, all, every space, Vertically, horizontally, was taken yeah. <laughs> up and bottom, and you know all the, everything was taken. And 
So the Rebbe sat down, and they put down next to the Rebbe the Torah. They put down, and um, also I guess they, I'm not sure if they put the box or what they would do with the box. I think the box, if I remember correctly, the box was placed on the table as well. I, I'm not sure. I think the box was placed on, on the table as well. And the Rebbe began gave a short talk about the connection between afternoon, Friday, Shabbos, Erev Shabbos, to the completion of Sefer Torah to greet Mashiach Tzidkenu. Afterwards, the Rebbe instructed another elder chassid, his name was Reb Shmuel Levitin. He was one of the mashpiim, and he was a, a very profound, a very intelligent, you know, a great chassid, a very smart, and he was a lot of, uh, uh, his wife was left back, he was by himself, he was, he was left back in Russia, and he was all by himself, and he was, uh, he lived, he lived in, actually, for a while in 770 over there, it was his, he had a room over there. There were many, uh, many stories about him, but that's another, another time, and uh, the one thing the Rebbe said about him is that when he came out of uh, prison, he came to the, uh, uh, to the Rebbe, and uh, he, he couldn't remember, he said, how to say a bracha, uh, in the morning blessings, whether you say um, um, it was either Hanoisen la Yoiv Koyach or Hanoisen la Oyev Koyach. Of course, the words is la Yoiv, but he wasn't sure. But he said of all the happenings that happened in prison, what the Rebbe asked him, he didn't remember anything. That the is. only thing he remembered is he wasn't sure how to say the bracha of of of, of, of the Birchas Hashach. But in any event. Um, what does that mean in English? One who gives the one who's tired. Uh, oh, but Yoif, yeah, Yoif and Oif, they can both mean Yoif can mean tired, Oif can mean tired. So he wasn't sure the youth comes before the eye. But the Rebbe, we spoke about how he could only remember the one issue of a whole of his imprisonment. When the Rebbe asked him to say something, it was what the brach is. That's speaking about his greatness. But in any event, the Rebbe told him to say the 20th, the written, the Rebbe told him to say the 20th chapter of Tillim, verse for verse. Everybody said along. Everybody, the Rebbe got up while they were saying. After they finished the psukim, the verses, the Rebbe sat back down in his place. And then they sang all the songs of all the Rebbe's. In general, it's a tradition whenever you want to sort of invite uh, spiritually some of the people of the past to come, you sing a song that they authored or that is connected with them, and that's the way to bring them down. That's why by a chasana, sometimes they sing all the different songs. And on special occasions, you know, the Rebbe would sing the songs of all the Rebbe's. So the Rebbe sang the songs, they sang the songs of all the Rebbe's. And then there was the sofer, his name was Shmarius Specter. He started to finish... He wrote the last words. After he uh, finished writing, they announced the verses of Atar Esau, and the Rebbe was honored with the first and last verse. And then representatives from the entire world were honored to give, to say the verse for verse, all of the verses. Now, after they tied the Torah, they uh, made the glil for the Torah, the Rebbe put on, now it came out from the box. It was a crown, That's a beautiful crown. It was a Keser Torah. That a beautiful crown over there. And the crown, you have a lot of pe- pe- pictures. It was a gold, a gold with a lot of gold in there. It's a very expensive uh, crown. And the Rebbe himself, you can see the pictures. There's a lot of pictures of that time. The Rebbe putting on, the Rebbe's face looks like, in, like on fire. <laughs> it was, uh, um, and then the Rebbe took, took the Sefer Torah. His hands, and underneath the canopy, they led the uh, Torah while they had lights burning 
to the Aron Kodesh. And after the bringing the Torah to the Aron Kodesh, the Rebbe went back to his place. He made the bracha Shechiyonu out loud. Shechiyonu. He ate also a new fruit. I guess just to make sure, according to all opinions, uh, ate a new fruit. And then the Rebbe said a Hasidic discourse, which began with the words to understand the idea of writing a Sefer Torah. And he completed with a, shmo, with a, a small uh, sicha, a small talk after that. So again, this was like, a, like an unbelievable, uh, really, occurrence <laughs> that happens, like once in a lifetime. And if you are there, then you actually feel it. And it, it really felt very charged, and it lasted for, for a long time. So that talk was originally started to be written in Europe. No. no, it was, no. was started to be written here. In America already, in America. Oh, okay. Actually, the Rebbe, was, the Rebbe, the previous Rebbe was very strongly, yeah. very strongly uh, encouraging people to, uh, to turn to Hashem and repent and have people because the, the war was, 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 while it was going on, terrible uh, in, 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 uh, in, in Europe, uh, we know there is something which is called the woes of Mashiach, the Chevle Mashiach. The previous Rebbe uh, said that these surahs, these troubles that the Jewish people are facing are the woes of Mashiach and that Mashiach has to come after this. This is like so terrible that these are the woes of Mashiach. And he was trying to do and to awake people and to arouse people to do tshuva. I mean, it wasn't meant to happen yet at that time. You know, we're still waiting for it to happen. But... The, the 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 time and the and the effort that the previous Rebbe put in into uh, you know taking this time and trying to get people to stay hold on and not to and not to give up and not to throw in the towel and try to uh, uh, maintain and strengthen Yiddishkeit and it was a whole different story you know the American jury was also pretty much apathetic to a great extent of what's going on over there in Europe and they weren't, some they didn't know and some they didn't want to know and it didn't affect them so much. I mean, there were, but... They didn't believe it was happening. Or they didn't believe or they weren't organized enough to to, to, to go ahead and, and really do something about it. Well, there was this fellow named um, uh, Hillel Cook. He was really, he was a nephew of... Of you know, Cook, the yeah, yeah, rabbi. Yeah. He came to the United States. He changed his name to more, I think, Peter Bergman, something like that. Yes. You know the story? Yes, the yeah. Bergman Society, the Bergman Group. He right. had uh, influence into the American government. Yeah, he tried to, like a, like a Martin Luther King, a march to Washington. The only Jews he had to march with him. To what, tell about the, 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 the rabbis, or the rabbis, or the rabbis, yeah. all the rabbis. Get any um, of more liberal Jews to march yeah. at all? And it was, it's, uh, it's very sad. I mean, I think that things have changed over the years. Now, I think there's more of awareness and there's more of a conscience uh, of yeah, world jewelry, you know. Yeah, for, although, you know, there's so many Jews, li- liberals that are actually turning against uh, the Jewish oh, causes yeah. and against Israel. Right. Okay, but okay. So that yeah. that takes care of this. That was the test Shvat, and of course. Uh, the next entry is going to be about the 10th of Shvat, which was the actually your site, uh, which we'll do next time. <laughs>